Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense with me, Dr. Marta. Every week, I answer one of your real-life questions to offer you ideas and strategies to guide you. I like to start this podcast with a little reflection or a moment of pause. And this week, given that I'm going to do seven weeks of Higgy on my community and Instagram, I thought we could do a similar thing here. So I just want you to think or reflect on one thing that you can do this week that's going to give you some of that Higgy feeling. I might not be pronouncing it right, but what it means is a feeling of home, a feeling of coziness and warmth and rest. So what Higgy moment can you have? It could be something like cozying up under the blanket or having a nice warm drink by yourself that you can really enjoy. Have a think, and when you're ready, let's begin. This week's question is something I get asked a lot, which is about how we respond when our children say mean words. Things like, I hate you. So let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta. Um, my question is about my five-year-old. My main concern is the fact that he will say some terrible things. So, I hate you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to punch you in the face, um, you can never use my toys, I, I, uh, little kids are boring. But I don't know actually really what else to do because I'm worried about, I am worried about other people's perceptions of him. And I feel that he feels like the bad kid afterwards, which is the worst thing. But any advice would be more than welcome. Thank you. Oh, first of all, I just want to take a pause. Because these kind of mean words are really hard to bear witness to as an adult and to kind of receive. If you've never received these words from your child, I want you to brace yourself. Because they are likely to come at some point. And it's not because your child is an awful kid. It's because all children go through this. It is a part of development, believe it or not. And if you are a parent whose child says these things to you or to their sibling, and you've kind of felt shocked the first time, but now you're getting to a place of concern where you think, is there something wrong with your child? Or is there something wrong with your parenting? You're getting it wrong. I want to reassure you today. Okay, so we're going to talk about, first of all, what these words mean in child speak. Okay, because children use words to communicate the same way that we do, but they don't communicate the same way that we do because they get dysregulated in ways that are greater than we do. So what does that mean? What it means is that when children shout words like this, their emotions are overwhelming them. 
And when that is the case, they cannot use their words. So even though words are coming out of their mouth and they might seem very coherent, or like in this example, very specific to what is happening, those words are conveying an emotion. They are not conveying a reality. And the best way I can think about bringing this to you is for you to consider a time where you've been really angry with somebody, maybe your partner or your parent or a friend, I don't know. Have a think about whether your words were measured and controlled. And some people are that way because they have excellent self-regulation skills. And if that is you, I so admire you. And if you're the kind of person who might lash out in your language and say things you definitely don't mean and then you regret things like I hate you or you're an idiot or whatever it might be coming out of your mouth and then you think oh god I didn't mean that at all that was me attacking my friend or my partner and that definitely wasn't what I meant to do you're a normal human you're just a human and our children are going to do this more than us because their brain has no buffer to regulate this As adults, we do. We have this mature part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, which doesn't mature until we're 25. And this acts like a wall between our overwhelming emotions and our ability to think. And what it does is buffer us, right? It just tones us down. So we can make that choice of slowing down and thinking, what do I want to say in this moment? Or do I just wanna walk away? You know, what words am I choosing? As adults, we can do that. And if you're an adult who finds that really hard, I know you're not alone, but the thing that's most important is that you can, because your brain is developed. Children cannot do that. They cannot take a thinking moment. They cannot pause and go, I feel really angry right now, but maybe I shouldn't say to my mother, I hate you, you're horrible, I wish you were dead. They can't do it. So those things just roll out of their mouth. Okay, they are expressions of anger and their dysregulation. And let's look a little bit deeper. What are these words actually communicating? When your child says something like, I hate you, I wish you were dead, you're the worst mummy, daddy ever, you're stupid, Um, I never wanna see you again. First of all, let's go into what these words mean. What is your child trying to communicate? They don't communicate that they hate you. This is not personal, okay? So step one, as an adult, I want you to hold that in your mind because I know that in your emotional space, it's going to feel personal. Makes sense. It also feels personal to me when my child does it. And I'm gonna give you an example in a minute of that. But what's really, really important is that you remember this isn't personal. What your child is trying to communicate is things like, I'm angry with you, okay? Simple. This is really unfair. So if you're setting a boundary or you said no to your child and this is what happens, I want you to hear them say to you, this is really unfair, I don't like it. It can also mean I'm hurting, I'm in pain, okay? Something has happened that has upset me and wounded me. They might also think, I don't like the situation. I hate what is happening right now. So if they're with a little one and what they're saying is, little kids are stupid, they're telling you something. I mean, that is a very clear communication for me, that what they're saying is, I don't like little children. And in this moment, it might be that little children are touching their toys or little children are taking things that are not theirs. 
Why are these things really important to acknowledge and to hear out? Because it changes how you respond. First of all, when something isn't personal, you can respond with more compassion and greater clarity. So what I mean by that is that rather than taking something personally and responding from a place of pain and hurt from you as an adult, you are going to be able to, it's not easy, but it's more likely, from a place of understanding and empathy. Because if what you see is that your child is hurting, they're in pain, they're saying, they're protesting, they're saying, I don't like something, um, or they're saying, this situation right now is bad for me, then you can take action. And it matters that you understand which of these actions you need to take. And the first action is about how you respond back to your child. And I know in this question, there is a um a comment on this little one feeling that they are not loved. And I will come back to that because that's really important. But I'm bringing it here now because your first response towards your child is to meet their hate with your love. I know, like what I've just said is super hard to do. I mean, super hard to do. And I'm gonna give you an example that is a personal one, but I don't mind sharing this with you all because I'm a human too. And I think it can be really reassuring to know that kids who say these words are everyday kids. They are not bad kids. They're not kids who have a problem. They are kids who are trying to communicate the best way they know how. And it is our job to support them in this. So last night, my daughter, she doesn't like baths. Never really has. But we get to a place where we can be playful and, you know, encourage her willingness to have a bath. But last night, it just got too much for her. She was definitely getting really overtired. And so she shouted at me, I hate you and I'm going to leave and you will never see me again. She then said, I don't want you to be my mummy anymore. Ah, stab to the heart. Literally so painful to hear. What did I do? What I did in that moment was get closer to her. So she was on the floor on the bathroom floor and I sat down next to her and all I said to her was I will always be your mummy even if you don't want to see me even if you don't want to be with me I will always love you and I will always be your mummy now that makes me feel as I'm saying it a little bit emotive because it was really intense last night and because I did a lot of work to get those words out of my mouth I didn't shout at her I didn't punish her I didn't tell her that wasn't okay. That's not the moment, okay? Because that moment of her dysregulation needed me to meet her with love. And I did it in that kind of tone of voice, you know, quietly, calmly, really sturdy in my love for her. What happened next? I am not making it up. She softened immediately. Not all children are going to immediately soften, okay? Don't make that an expectation. But... The reality of my story is that she did soften immediately. She looked at me and said, oh, mummy, I'm sorry. And she gave me a cuddle. And that was it. Much later, when we were looking for her books at bedtime, I did some teaching with her. And that took like, you know, there was a good 10 to 15 minute break between that moment and when I started talking to her about what happened in the bathroom. 
It's okay for you to not like baths. It's okay for you to say no. I'm always going to listen to you. And sometimes we don't have a bath because you're really tired. But sometimes we have to wash. And I told her and taught her, what can you say instead of, I hate you, I never want to see you again, I want a different mummy. Can you say, mummy, I don't want this? Or can you say, mummy, I feel angry? So I taught her new language, new words. Is it going to work? Like, you know, tonight when I put her in the bath, is she suddenly going to say, mummy, I'm so angry? My expectation is that, nope, it's not going to work. She's going to do it again. Why do I know that? Because children take so many repetitions of appropriate language in appropriate contexts for them to be able to learn it. So my expectation is that she's going to say this to me again. But now that I've done it, and this is one of the first times she's ever said something like this to me. So I'm sharing a vulnerable moment with you all because, you know, your first is definitely going to like get you shook a little bit. But now that I've done that, I know I can do it again because I see her. I see where she is. I see what she's trying to tell me. And if you get it wrong and what you do is not meet your child with love, but to like reciprocate, kind of bounce back the hate, right? They say, I hate you. And you go, I hate you too when you're like this. Something like that. You're not a monster, okay? You are not a monster. You're just a parent, a human who is also in pain. And actually, this can be a point of a very much needed repair when you're ready. And it has to come from you. Don't expect your small child to go, hmm, those things I said to my parent are not okay. So I should do something about it. Take it in your hands to repair with your child because you said something or did something that was not okay and model what repair looks like and feels like. And what that might sound like is, I'm really sorry, earlier I shouted at you and I said that I hate you and that is not true. Those words are not how I feel. I love you, I always love you and I'm really sorry that I got so angry that I shouted. That's it, okay, there is no, but you shouted at me or, you really upset me when you said this thing. No, repair is about repair. Teaching moments are about teaching and we need to separate those two. Otherwise, what we do is devalue the repair that we've offered our child because what we then do in those moments is say to a child, I'm really sorry, but, and we all know what happens when the word but appears, we only look at the words that happen after. So if you're saying, but you shouted at me, your child is thinking, you're telling me off. And they didn't hear the repair. They did not understand that this is an apology. So no apology has the word but in it, okay? <laughs> I've said but a lot of times on this podcast. Um, so think about that because that's really, really important. Repair, and then when we do the teaching, we're gonna do it in a different moment. And I'm gonna tell you how to do that in a second. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So let's say that you have made it. You've met your child with love, okay? You have met their hate or their, that baby's stupid, with, hmm, you're having a hard time, or I love you anyway, okay? Whatever it is appropriate to say in those moments. Then I want you to really focus on the message, not your child's delivery. Okay, no matter how old your child is, and if they're five, they're definitely in this place, you know, punishing or reprimanding them because they have the wrong tone or they're not using the right words in that moment is wasted energy from you. And one of the things I'm really keen to do is protect our energy as parents. I think our time and our energy is the most precious thing we have. So let's make sure that we use it when we do in a way that's effective. And we're not just using our words and wasting them and then we feel exhausted by it. So what's the best thing to do? Don't tell you off your child. Don't say, what are you saying to me? Say that differently. They can't, they're dysregulated. So instead of reasoning with them or explaining why their choice of words is completely unacceptable, try and think about what your child is trying to communicate with you. Here are a few questions to reflect on. How are they feeling? Slightly to be angry, but it could also be shame. It could be embarrassment. It could be sadness, okay? How are they feeling? What are they trying to communicate to you? Are they disappointed about something? Are they feeling left out? Do they feel like another child, a smaller child, has taken something from them and they need your protection? I want you to focus on the message, okay? The message is what you're going to act on in this moment. Once you've met them with love, you're going to try and validate how they feel. I know. For some adults, this is going to feel like, what? They're not going to learn that their behavior is unacceptable. They are. I'm not going to let that go. We're not going to let that go. I believe in firm boundaries, okay? You cannot parent by just letting your child do what they like. This is not letting your child do as they like. This is being effective and developmentally appropriate, okay? In this one moment, we are not going to tell off our child okay? Nope, this is not the moment. So instead, what we're going to do is validate. And validation does not excuse behavior. Validation says what you're experiencing right now is real and I can see it. I understand it. And when we give our children a sense of, I see you, I hear you, you make sense, they calm down. They stop shouting and kicking off. Why? Well, look, think about a time where you've had an argument. I'm going to keep taking you back to you arguing with people, assuming that, like, 
me, you sometimes disagree with somebody. If you're disagreeing with someone and what happens is they keep saying no to you. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. What happens? What tends to happen is that you speak a little bit louder and you push your point a little bit further because what you're actually seeking is for somebody to say, oh, right, so that's how you see it. I understand. The way I see it is a bit different. Hey, that's okay. That's called communication. But when somebody keeps saying, no, that's not right, or what? That didn't happen. You're just going to try and keep making your point. And our children are exactly the same. They want you to understand what is happening for them. And when as quickly as you can, you say to them, yeah, I understand, they begin to calm down. This is not a magic wand, okay? It's not like they stop in their tracks and they just go, ah, fine, everything's okay. But you will see it. It does happen. I've seen thousands of children that this happens to. Trust the process, okay? And the more you do this, the more you offer your child validation in these moments, the quicker and smoother they are likely to reach it in the future. It's about practicing because it offers their brain and their body a sense of relief and soothing. I don't need to shout. People are listening to me and they're taking appropriate action to support me. So let's take some of the examples from this question because I think they're really lovely. If what your child is saying is little children are stupid and what they actually are saying is little children touch all my stuff. Little children spoil my fun. It might be about a sibling. It might be about a friend. You know, another little child. In that moment, your task is to support and protect them in order that their things don't get touched by little children. So how would that sound with validation? It might sound something like, it's really annoying when little ones touch your stuff. I get it. Are there things that you want to keep away from your brother, your sister, the little kids? What don't you want anybody to touch? Tell me and we will protect it. I'm not going to go into sharing at this point, but children don't really learn to share until about the age of five. And even at this point, they need certain things protected and they need to know that you are on their side. Forcing children to share does not help them share. And I won't be talking more about this on this podcast because it's a different topic, but I do have lots of posts on it if you're interested. So that would be one way of responding to that kind of scream of little children are stupid. When your child is saying something like, "Um, I hate this place, I don't wanna be here, you can validate it. Again, listen to the message. Are they saying, I'm really bored? Are they saying, this isn't what I wanted to do today? Are they saying, when we're here, wherever you are, you don't give me any attention, you just hang out with the adults or whatever it is. Validate that. So again, that might sound something like, I get it, this is a bit boring for you. It's not what you wanted to do today. I promise we're gonna go home soon. So there's just a little bit longer to go. And I know that's just really hard to wait. Okay, just emphasize and empathize with your child about having to wait. Patience is so hard. About being bored. There's nothing wrong with being bored. Boredom is a great thing for kids, but it's hard for them. Or that you're not giving them enough attention. You know, that might sound like, 
when you need attention from me, you can just ask me. You can say, Mummy, I need some attention and I will give it to you. Now, it's really healthy to teach children words like, I need attention, or I want you to play, or I don't like this thing. We need to teach our children appropriate words. And if you fit this into your validation of your child, they will learn this vocabulary because they're hearing it. So what they end up hearing is, I can tell my parent I'm bored and they will listen to me. I can tell my parent that I need attention and they will focus on me. These things really matter because this is where you are doing the work of culling the behavior. So validation does not mean that you're saying you can talk to me like this, but through validation, you are already doing some teaching and that is really important. Now let's think about teaching. How do we teach our children to express appropriate words and language in moments of frustration or big anger, you know, big emotional overwhelm? First one, it's you. You are their greatest teacher, coach, model in the world it's you. So next time you get really frustrated or next time you get really angry, think about how you can model appropriate words in those moments. This is a super hard task and it's also the most important one because if when you try and do this, as I'm inviting you to do, you find yourself in a place where what you want to do is swear or say inappropriate things, I want you to bring compassion to both yourself because this is really hard, and to your child, because it's gonna help you recognize how difficult this expectation we offer our children about not saying mean words or being disrespectful actually is. Remembering that their brain's not even got a buffer. It's not developed yet. So they are not able to have this moment of pause where they think, I can choose my words in this moment. They can't, that comes through repetition and support with you. So one way of doing this is, and I'm gonna give an example that I think is quite common for people, but next time you're driving and you're stuck in a traffic jam or there's a driver in the parking lot that cannot park and they're doing a three-point turn and you think, I'm going to lose the will to live. We've all been there, okay? And in the car, often our emotions get sparked very quickly. So rather than let your emotions out in a dysregulated way, that might sound like, ah, why are they doing this? Or this guy's an idiot, right? I want you to say something like, oh, being stuck in traffic is really frustrating. Can you do that? Can you give it a try? I think it's really hard to do. And, you know, in my household, I'm pretty chilled in the car. Like, the car is kind of like my calm space. So this is something I would practice in different settings. Um, but with my husband, he, he gets car rage fast. And we've had lots of conversations about the language and the words that get used and modeled in front of our child who's at the back of the car. So it's really important to try this. And... As I said before, if you find it hard, it might give you a little sense of how much more difficult it is for your child to do this. Because the words that we use in moments of frustration and anger matter. Our children are always listening to us. And I know that might sound creepy and a little bit worrying, but they are. 
They're always watching you and they're always, always listening to you. And the second part of teaching is when you understand the message your child is trying to communicate to you, whether it's something about little ones or their sibling, you know, what they might be saying is the sibling gets away with murder and I get told off all the time. What you want to do in a separate moment, a moment of calm, a teaching moment, because we can only learn when things are calm, is you want to sit with your child and you want to help them think about solutions together. So particularly if they're five, I would share a little story with them. So it's about their sibling. It might sound something like, hey, can we talk? You're not in trouble. I've noticed there's lots of angry moments around your little brother at the moment. I'm wondering whether maybe you think that they get away with everything and they have a really easy time, but we tell you off a lot, so it's making you feel bad. Is that what's going on or is it something else? Open up this conversation. Listen to your child. Listen is a way of understanding not as a way of making them understand something you want, okay? This is part of teaching. Before you can tell your child what they can do and offer a solution, you need to listen and understand. And once you've made sense of this, then you can offer a solution. And the solution might be things like, you can always come to me when your little brother is annoying and I will protect you. I will protect your toys. I will take your little brother away. If there are times when you want to build with blocks or do a drawing and you think your little brother is going to spoil it, tell me and I will make sure your little brother is not in your way. Some of these things have to come from you, the parent. Some of the actions have to be yours. You can't make your child responsible for everything. They are responsible for speaking and coming to you to seek support, and you're responsible for taking appropriate action around them. If what is happening is something between you and your child, and what they're showing is a lot of anger at certain moments, and you know, like with my child, the communication is about a situation, such as bath time, acknowledge this outside of bath time. I have these conversations with my daughter so frequently. Often before dinner time, I will say something to her like, hmm, I know bath time is kind of come up soon and you don't like bath time. So I want to make this as fun as possible for you. What can we do tonight so that there is no shouting and there is no fighting? Because I don't want us to be upset with each other. So what can we do instead? And she often comes up with ideas. Like the other night she said, can we listen to this girl is on fire? while I'm in the bath. I'm like, yes. She sometimes says, can we have bubbles tonight? Yes. Most of the time I can respond with a yes, which makes her feel like, yes, I'm in control. Because that's often what kids want, control. And it doesn't mean you have to shift your boundary. My boundary is we have a bath every night. But I can negotiate what bathing looks like. I can also negotiate who washes his hair and how, whether it's her or whether it's me, what shampoo we use, what color the bath is, whether we're using a fizzy or we're using bubbles. These things are things we can negotiate and I can give her a sense of power and control over it. It doesn't mean the bath becomes smooth every time. That would be me lying to you. 
but it does mean that it softens things. And you know, my hope is that over time, what she's learning is I'm being listened, I'm being heard, and I'm trying to teach her that instead of saying, I hate you, mummy, you know, you're the worst mummy in the world, she can say, I'm angry. You make me do things I don't want to do. And I can say, yep, I get that. And that's my job as a parent. And sometimes I hate it too. I don't like having to do things you don't want to do, but I do them because they're good for you. And that is something we all need to remember, okay? As parents, we still have the authority. It doesn't mean we give it away to our children, but it does mean that when we collaborate with them, rather than enter into tugs of war or power battles, what we're doing is engaging their willingness. And when our child is more willing, then we and them can enjoy those interactions together better. And we're coming to an end. Thank you so much for joining me for another Talking Sense. I like to end on a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. And this week, my mantra for you is, I can always be loving. I hope you'll choose to join me again next week for another Talking Sense. If you would like to sign up to my newsletter, which I'll be launching imminently, go to my website, drmartapsychologist.com and you would be very welcome in our community on Instagram. It's drmartapsychologist. I wish you a restful week and I look forward to seeing you next time for another Talking Sense. Until then, see you soon. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com